Yo, this is Pastor Tito here. Welcome to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I am here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. In our current series we are doing called Known, we are looking at four unique crazy, amazing aspects of the nature and character of God. Because the more we get to know him, the more we know of ourselves. But also, here's the thing, the more we will know how to follow him. So let's go ahead and let's dive into our current topic as we are looking at getting to know God better so that we can know how to follow him and find life. He is a great God that is big enough but I love it that he's not so big that he's not too good for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, we know some people online. I know you know some people who kind of they get a real big head, right? And they're like, oh, I'm just, I'm done with you. You know, I, I'm not going to waste my time with you. I'm grateful that we have a God who does. He's a big God, but he, he ain't like that. He ain't like that. And so if you don't know that about him, well, I pray today that you do. Listen, today, I love even that moment as we've been singing, right? How great are you? And I, I want to encourage you guys that all the, the reason why we do what we do and, the, and that we're pressing in and seeking God more is because we should not settle for what we understand of who God is because God is so much more than you can wrap your tiny little imagination brain around. Like you just can't process this. You can't process who he is. And that's why we are looking, that's our heart as we are looking at this uh, series that we are doing. We started last week. It's called Known. Known. And the goal, yes, is for us to better know God. And, and my heart, and this is for me as well, my prayer is that Lord challenge me on what I think I know. You know, as, as a pastor, I know I get it all the time. I was like, yo, pastor, bro, you, 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 you the closest thing to heaven. I'm like, yikes. Okay, uh, don't, look, don't, don't look at me like that. It ain't like that. Like, listen, God is the one. He is the one. And so when it comes to this, I have been, and I've been asking God, challenge me. I want to be challenged by what I know of God. And I want to challenge you of what you think you know of God. But here's the thing that we've been looking at. Are you willing to be challenged by the idea that God knows you. And so we're going to dive in and we're going to look at one aspect of God today. And the question that we're going to answer is this. Tell me I'm lying. All right. I know I'm not. Have I, am I the only one that has ever asked the question and wondered, God, where are you? Like, where are you like right now? Some of you are probably here today and watching and logging on online because you don't know where God's at. I'm like, look, I'm going to go to church. I'm going to, I'm going to do something. God, if you don't show up, then that means I'm, I'm done. If you don't show up, I'm done. Have, have we ever been, I've been there. Anybody here ever struggled? Can we be honest online, in person? Have you ever wondered and really honestly asked, God, where are you in frustration? Y'all holier than me, I guess. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. There you go. Thank you. I know I'm not the only one. But listen, I know we all want to know that, the, the answer to the question, where is God? But you only want to know it selectively. You don't really want to know where he's at. You want to know where God is at, and you want to know where he is in the same way you want to know where the police are, all right? Now, I know we got family here that we got police officers that serve, and, and we got family. I got family that both on my side, my, my wife's side of the family, that they are uh, service right now. We, we got members of, uh, right here that are members, you know, that are active members, even some retired. So let's just give it up one more time. Let's just praise and thank God for their lives, for their sacrifice. We bless you. We know that job ain't easy. There ain't no institution that can claim to be perfect, but hey, we, we encourage and we bless you guys and we, we're, we're praying that God does and, and gives you the support 
that you need right now because we all know that they need it. But like, can, let's just be real, though. You want to know where God is in the same way you want to know where the police is, right? No one wants to know. Every, I look, no one wants the police to be around when you are doing something wrong, yes or no, right? You don't want, you hope that the police aren't near when you do something wrong. But you sure hope they're near when something goes wrong. Yep, right? We've all, have you ever done the, yes, you have. Uh, what am I saying? You, you're like me. You've all done the slow down and the sit up. You ever done the slow down and the sit up? The slow down and the sit up. You know, you're driving and then you, you see a cop and you slow down no matter how fast you, you slow down and sit up. You ever done one of those? Right? You slow down and sit up. And you could be going perfect, right? On, on below speed level, but you just wait. You do the slow down and the sit up, right? You just wait. And then when you get out of gear, you go down and the pedal goes down, right? And so people do that, right? People do that. So listen, when it comes to the police, let's be real. Nobody, nobody wants the police to be around when they're doing something wrong. But we sure hope they're nearby when something does go wrong because we need help. And let's be real. How many times are we like that with God? I don't want God to, I don't want God to be around to catch me doing what I'm doing wrong right now. And we put it in my mind, no, he, he, he don't see but we sure want God to be there when we do, when something does go wrong, doesn't it? Right? And that's the thing that I want you guys to realize. You may wish that he does, he's not there. You may wish that he a, has a you know, blind eye, that he's oh, like, you know, sometimes I'm like that. You know, my wife gets at me all the time. I, I can be there and not there and just oblivious to stuff. God ain't oblivious. He sees. He's there. And that's what we're going to look at today, that God is everywhere. That is a, a term of his character and nature called omnipresent. God, he is all places at all times. That means, yep, he was there when he saw you do. He was there when that happened to you. He was there. And then now you might ask that question differently. Then where were you? Then why? And the light around me will be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike to you. So look, let's look at this. David is coming to realize an amazing thing that you and I need to realize. And the first thing he said, you, you saw that question that he asked, where can I go to run from you? Now, a lot of people think that David is trying to run from God right now. He's like, you know, we've all done that, right? You ever had like mom and grandma get at that moment, they coming at you with the belt, right? Or if you're Hispanic, you know, that chancleta, that, 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 you know, they're coming at you, right? You're like, oh, where am I going to go now? Where am I going to go now? I don't know where to go, right? And so here's the thing. David is not running from God out of fear. If, if those of you, if you were with us last week, we talked about how David realized in the first six verses that, oh my gosh, God knows me. He knows everything about me. He knows my, my thoughts, my feelings, every word I've ever said, every action I've ever done, everywhere. He knows everything about me. He knows the real me, and, and I don't even like the real me, and yet he's confronted by God's love still. And so some think that, oh my gosh, like God is convicting him and he just wants to run. No, David is not panicking right now. When he says, where can I go? He is not panicking because he's afraid of God and he's trying to run. No, David in declaring these verses, David is celebrating the fact that he can't outrun God. That is what he's doing, that he is celebrating the fact, oh my gosh, you know me better than I know myself. I'm worse than I thought I was. And if I wanted to run from you, I can't? Because your love for me is that amazing that even if I try to run, you're going to pursue me. 
if I go that way, that's where you, you're, you've already beat me to the punch. Like David is celebrating the fact that he cannot outrun the love of God. Now, here's the thing. When God confronts you, all right, your tendency, you're, you're going to get this feeling of you got to want to run. And here's you got to be careful. Because there's a difference between conviction and condemnation. There's a difference. Because when God reveals something in you, something that needs to get fixed, something that ain't right, something because he wants you to draw near, he will bring that, you know, he'll bring that revelation. But here's the thing, the enemy, and when I say enemy, we're talking about forces of darkness and demons, and we believe in those, okay? They are going to want to bring condemnation. They're going to want to see, look at you. God don't want that. You're dirty. You're, you're disgusting. You're, you're lost. God doesn't, oh, you see that? Yeah, I see that too. God sees that. He don't want you anymore. No way he can love you. That's condemnation. And that condemnation is going to want to lead you to run away from God. Because you, you can't handle that love. Okay, I've been there. That's what condemnation does. It's almost like if you've ever, you know, I'm sure we got some pet owners. I mean, any dog owners in the house over online? We got some dog owners. Did, did I hear a woof or a woo? Okay, I couldn't tell if that was a woo or woof woof. I'm like, do you have your dog with you? Okay, hold on. Listen. Con, this is like condemnation. It's, it's like what we, if you have a dog, have you ever had a dog just kind of make a mess? And then you ever take your dog and, you know, put, it, put his face in, you know, not in it, but, you know, right there where the, the poop is, where the mistake is. And you shove his face into the mistake and say, no, no, bad dog, right? You ever done one of those? Hey, if you're a dog owner, you know. And so what are you trying to do? You're trying to behavior modify. He's like, no, you're like putting the mistake right. You want him to smell it. So the next time he gets a whiff of, I want to, he's going to remember, oh, no, I don't want to get treated like that. Sometimes the enemy, when we make mistakes, the enemy, which is, look, how, look at the trap. The enemy says, hey, come on, come on, do this. Come on, you know, do that. It's going to feel good. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel better. Do it. And we're tempted by sin. And the second we fought a temptation, they turn around. I'm like, look what you did. That's what happens. That's what happens. They're going to tempt us. Come on, come on, do it, do it, do it, do it. And then when we do it, look what you did. This is you. Look what you did. Look at that. Look who you are. Smell it. Dad, you're disgusting. Look at that. This is God's not going to want you. God's not going to. That's what happens. But I want you to know sometimes we then associate that's God. That God is bringing condemnation. God is so dis disappointed and so upset with me. Listen, no. Because the enemy is going to want to pretend that's God's voice. But when God brings revelation, when he, there's a mistake and then there's an area, there's the... Uh, there's, a, there's a situation here. God does not shove your face in the mistake. God will come to you because this is what conviction is. God says, hey, you see that? Yeah, I see it. I smell it too. You smell it. Tell you what, I can fix that. I can clean that up for you. That's conviction. Conviction is God will show you areas in your life that, hey, hey, he ain't going to play with you. But he'll tell you, I can clean it up. I can fix it. I still love you. And so the conviction is that when God brings something out, we ought to run towards God. Conviction is designed, designed to say, hey, let me fix that so you can keep go drawing closer, so you can keep coming this way. God will bring conviction in order to accomplish a correction. You hear that? God will bring conviction in order to accomplish a correction. The enemy does not. He wants to bring condemnation to bring destruction. Two different things. Two different things. But God wants to say, no, I, you need to fix that so you can come a little closer and enjoy even more of my presence. Because you ain't sitting on my lap with your dirty butt like that. No, 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 we got to fix that. Okay? That's God. 
That's God. And so David is celebrating the fact I cannot outrun from this amazing God. Now look at the details. He then goes in details and gives examples. Now in Jewish literature, guys, if you ever read the Bible, especially in a lot of the Old Testament stuff, when you see a lot of polar opposites, which the Psalms are rich with this, this is a poetic, you know, idea, the literary, I'm totally butchering this. It's such a smart thing and I'm sounding really dumb right now. But anyways, these polar opposites are meant to be extremes to show that with this or that and everything in between is included. So notice, what does he say? He says, if I go to heaven, you're there. And then he does the opposite. If I go to hell, you're there. And everywhere in between, that's where you are. Now pause. Wait a minute, God's in hell? All right, I mean, answer that because there's a question. Wait, God can be in hell? Yes. Here's the thing. You know what hell is? Hell is the expression of the full expression of the wrath of God. That is hell. Hell is the full expression of the wrath of God, while heaven is the full expression of the love of God. So yes, people that are in hell cannot outrun the wrath of God. That is God. So he's there. So I want you to kind of, I want you to see where he's at. This is how big he is. Yet, and because of hell is what it is, and hell, if I can paint it anyway, man, it's this. Imagine all of the bad things in this life. And I'm talking about bad things. The things that are like the worst that you know to be like, yes, bad. Imagine a place that was full of all of the worst of this world and it was magnified by infinity and there was never any hope of it getting better. That's hell. The worst of the worst times an infinity with no hope of it getting better. That's hell. But then you know what heaven is? Heaven is the full expression of God. It is everything that we really like about this world and love about this world that is pure and innocent, magnified beyond our compare. And heaven is that place that we have no fear of it getting any worse. Like there's going to be no bad days. There's going to be no off days. And so here David is saying, man, you are everywhere in heaven and hell in between. You are there. You see the other example he gives. He talks about light and dark. But then he also says from the east to the west, like it doesn't matter where I go. It doesn't matter where I go, from the east to the west, you fill that whole space. I cannot outrun you. This is how big God is. And, and, and what's beautiful is that when there's this phrase, the western limits, or there's a phrase that gets translated to the, uh, like to the uttermost of the sea. And that actually can be translated in speaking of the future. So here, pretty much David is saying, time and space cannot outrun. I cannot outrun the love of God. It doesn't matter where I go geographically, even if I can time travel, you're there. Like, I mean, he is saying time and space cannot separate me from you. And he is celebrating this. He is grateful that this is, that this is the God that he has. And now what does God do while he's there? Check us out. Look at the other verse. Can we put it up? I want to look at verse 11, if you can put it up. I'm sorry, verse 10. If I settle to the western limits... He says, even there, what is God doing while he's there? Is he wagging his finger in your face? He says, even there, your hand will lead me and your hand will hold on to me. Process this. Can, can I, I'm, I'm going to visualize that. Let me get the camera. This is God, right? And David is realizing no matter where I go, no matter what I do, this is what I see of God. God has his hand on me, holding me. So imagine uh, I'm, you know, I have my hand on the, on, you know, behind your back. And his hand, his other hand is leading me. This is God. 
This is the image of what he's seeing. So that means when David is going and making mistakes and doing what he shouldn't be doing, and what, when he looks back, I'm like, God, there you were saying, no, no, hey, it's this way. No, it's, it's that way. Here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to go. Here's where I am. No, come this way. Yet it is us who we feel that, that moment, we feel that hand, and we stiff arm that hand. And we reject that hand. I was like, nah, God, I see you want to go that way. I want to go this way. I want to go this way and see what's, what's, what's going on over here. That's what I want to do. And no matter what, David is realizing that as many times as I was fighting your hand and pushing you back, you never gave up. Like your hand didn't come down on me. Like God's not chasing him, right? Like we talked about a little ago. Like God's not chasing him. Like, yo, just come, stop. Like he's chasing a fly. He's not coming at us like, like this. Well, stand still, right? He ain't doing that. God is trying to, you know, he is constantly pursuing us saying, no, it's this way. Hey, I still love you. I still love you. It's this way. Come that way. That's the love of God trying to lead us, always pointing us in the right way and trying to, he can't, he can't force you, but he can say, no, it's this way. And it's a loving one. It's a loving request. That is the hand of God. That is what David is coming to realize. Because David is like, man, if I was in your shoes, God, I don't think I would have done that. If I was in your shoes and I saw someone do something, I would have given him a different hand. Maybe not the front side, the back side. And I'd do a little something different. But God always is, no, it's this way. Leading us, encouraging us, drawing us. And even when we're doing the good, and even when we're following Christ, he's constantly still guiding us. No, come, come further, come further. This way, this way. That's the, yeah, that way, come on, keep going this way. That is the hand of God. And it doesn't matter, again, where we are. Our circumstances can change. Our location changes. But David is so overwhelmed that God's love for him doesn't change. Can you just let that settle for a second? That it doesn't matter. Like, God will love you if you are on the right path or on the wrong path. God loves you the same. What? That, that is God's great love. No matter where our feet are, there he is. And he's loving and encouraging and trying to draw us closer. Now, I, I love this last one. Let me, this is the verse. Let me put this last one up. Can we put a verse 11 and 12? Look at the verse. Look at the process that David is doing. When he says, in verse 11, he says, and if, man, and, and if I think, yo, nothing can separate me, time and space can't separate me. He says, if I say, well, surely the darkness will hide me. I was like, oh yeah, I messed up this time. Yep. Now I did it. Now I put my foot in it. Now this is it. I, I did. I crossed the line. I went too far. Now I'm, I'm toast. Like that's that phrase. And he says, oh, surely the darkness will hide me now. Surely this circumstance, surely my mistake, I, 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 God loves me, but he'll forgive me, but yeah, I, I overdid it. He says, even if that, what did he say? The darkness will hide me. The light will become, the light will become night. He says, even the darkness is not dark to you. Even the, the night shines like the day. Darkness and light are alike. God is not saying that right and wrong are the same. He is saying this. David is coming to realize even this last excuse, no matter where I go, God is there. And even no matter what I do, he says, oh, man, I really messed up now. I, I really did it. God, oh, man, like there's no way, I, there's no way you're going to love me now. No way you're going to forgive me now. God, he's coming to realize that, nope, not even darkness. There's no sin too dirty and no darkness too dark that cannot hide from the light of the love of God. And in fact, that his light pushes back that darkness. And so he is celebrating the fact that, God, that he cannot out God's love. Are you grateful for that this morning, that you cannot out God's 
love for you. It doesn't matter how great your sin is, which it is. It is. That's just how, I'm not downplaying sin. No, we're trying to upplay how great his love is for you despite it all. Despite it all. That we're trying to make that bigger. We're trying to make that bigger because your mistakes and your sin is worse than you realize. But God's love is that much amazing. It's that great right there. And David is, is so excited that he's realized, man, nothing, nothing, time, space, not even my worst mistakes can separate me from God's love. I mean, he is just so overwhelmed right now, so grateful by the presence of God in his life. That is what he's doing. That is this moment. He is grateful. David is grateful that he's coming to just to begin to realize that nothing can separate me from God's love. And here's the thing, guys, that when we looked at last week and this week, last week David realized, Lord, you have searched me. You know me. But now here he's realizing not only have you searched me, but you never stopped searching me. You are still pursuing me. You are still after me. Guys, that's some great relationship advice right now. All my married folks in the house online, future, you know, spouses, write this one down, okay? Tweet it. Do all you want you need to do. Save it. Write a sticky note. Send a text message to yourself. If you want to remember, I do that. Listen, okay? If you're married, there's so many that, that start out in love, get married in love, and don't stay in love because they gave up. The marriage day was the finish line. I'm, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> okay, I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Mar- Listen, when you get married, that wedding day is not the finish line. I'm like, all right, I'm done. And you really let yourself go. Okay? And you let everything go. All right? Like, Listen, no, I don't care how long you have been married, you got to keep dating. You got to keep pursuing that person. You got to keep pursuing your kids as well. You think you know your kids. You don't. They change in every two seconds. Keep pursuing them. Keep knowing them. Keep, that's what it is. But he's realizing that's what God does for us. God knows it. Like God won. Okay? God won. He doesn't need to know us any better because he knows us fully. And yet not only does he, search, he not only has he searched us, but God continually searches for us. We are both found and God still looks for us. Like that, that is what David just cannot comprehend. This is, that's you, bro? Like this is for real? And David is realizing what you and I and what Paul so passionately declared in Romans 8, 38 and 39. See, Paul was talking about and talking to the Romans and telling them, listen, here's what Jesus has done. Here is who he is. And listen, Jesus is the epitome of that, that he came to us. We could not go to God, yet Jesus came searching for us. He knew that we were sinners. He knew that we needed a Savior, and he didn't wait for, that, for us to come to him. He came down to us. He came down under this world, and he lived a life that you could not live and paid the, and paid the penalty of, of our sin that you could not pay with his own life. And then he died Three days later, dude comes back from the dead, showing that, that his life and he has more power than sin and death itself. And now he is realizing the fact, and this is what's so beautiful, guys, about the resurrection of Jesus, is what, day, is what, um, what Paul declares in Romans 8. Let me put it up on the screen. I want you guys to read it with me. Because of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, Paul passionately declares Listen, I'm persuaded because my Savior who said loved me, who called himself God, who not only died on the cross, said he was going to resurrect three days later, and he did it. Because that he rose from the dead, he says, I am persuaded. Like, yo, you can't talk me out of this. You can't talk me out of this. I've seen him. I've encountered him. He says, I 
am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor now angels or rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor political powers, spiritual powers and principalities, nor the height, nor depth, nor any created thing, listen, will ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what's so beautiful about the resurrection, that because death, now y'all can worship God on that one, because death could not hold Jesus back. Death could not hold Jesus down. He couldn't hold Jesus down. And that means it's the same. That there is nothing between him and us. And that nothing. And so he's in constant pursuit of us. The only difference. Remember, I didn't say the problem. The problem, well, where's God? Where is God? He's here. But the problem is not God's proximity because he's here. The problem is our perspective. He's here. It's just us becoming aware. It's us realizing. And that's the worst one, guys. This was the worst for me when I came to realize that God was loving me. And I had the answers all along. I had been praying and praying for God to do something in me. And yet I didn't realize I was rejecting the very answer to my prayers. I was pushing God away. I was pushing God away, not knowing and not realizing what I was doing. And that didn't make God say, you know, is that God was fighting to get my attention even when I realized without knowing it, I was fighting him the whole time. I was fighting him the whole time, and yet he was still fighting to get my attention, fighting to get my, to, so that I can see his great love. And so, guys, the, the bottom line is this, because I, I, you're going to ask that question. God will feel far. He is going to feel far from time to time, but just because he feels far doesn't mean he is. That's a feeling. Your feelings can trick you. Emotions can trick you and can deceive you from truth. Okay, listen, just because he feels far, it doesn't mean that he is. Because here's the bottom line. It doesn't matter. Okay, God is never far from where you are. That's the bottom line for today. I need that to just settle right now in your heart. God is never far from where you are. He is never far from where you are. You are never out of his reach. He, you're never at a place when you can call out to God and he's like, did you hear something? John, uh, did you hear somebody say something? No, nah, maybe that's just my imagination. Like God is never that distant that we have to scream our lungs out because I don't know if he'll hear me. No, God is near. And because he is near, he always hears. No matter where you are, God is never far. He isn't. He is in right now reaching out to you. It's just us reaching out to him. That's the response that we always have to feel in those moments. That God is never far from where we are. We are never out of range. Like, it's not like this. I know the frustrations that some of y'all have had, right? You ever gone too far and you're on the internet or, or you're trying to make a call and you get out of range from a cell phone tower, right? And you drop a call, right? And that's a little frustrating sometimes, right? Or you're, you're trying to access something and it goes down, right? The internet goes down, Right? The whole world just, you know, panicked the other day because YouTube went down for like 24 hours. Like, what are you going to do with myself? Right? And so that happens. But listen, with God, we don't. With God, we will never go out of range. God's not, never going to drop us. God will never drop us. We're never going to lose that signal because that is how close he is. Always near. And I don't care what alley you go, what decision you make. I'm like, oh, now, yeah, there's no way God's going to follow me into that. Oh, he will. Because if he was willing to go all the way to the cross, oh, he'll go anywhere. 
If he went all the way to the cross to get to us, he'll go wherever, wherever you go to, with his nail-scarred hands, love you and lead you. And so listen, when you feel, when you feel like he is far, I want you to know he's not. God is where, no, God is never far from where you are. He is, put it, look, quotes, he's here. So wherever here is, that's where he is. He's here. And so because he's here, you should draw near. And that looks different in many circumstances. If you're, if you're not a believer in Christ, listen, I want you to know, I don't care wherever your life has been, what life has happened to you, where you've gone, where you've done. No, he's here. So because he's here, draw near. Say yes to Jesus. Like, you don't got to wait for me to preach and finish this later. No, you just right now say, God, I, I, you know, if I'm fighting you, forgive me, Lord. I, that, what, that tug that you're feeling right now, that's him. So don't ignore it. Don't play with it anymore. Say yes. Say, surrender to Jesus. Surrender to his love right now. Because that's what he wants. He's been, that's his hand helping you, leading you. As believers, listen, some of us, we've been found by God and, and you know, we got married, but y'all stopped dating Jesus. It happens. It happens to me too. You know, well, I'm saved. I'm good. And you stop dating him. You stop pursuing him. No, he still says, keep pursuing me. Keep, come on, man. There's so much more to find. Keep pursuing me. Keep pursuing me. That is what his invitation is. That no matter, he wants us to know that he is never far from where we are. And as believers in Christ, you know what that does? Here's what we need to do. If you're not saved, he's right here, guys, to love you. And if you're found, keep pursuing him. But then here's the other one. God wants to use you to be his hands and feet. Because sometimes, sometimes we need a little help. Sometimes we can't hear God's voice or see him. So sometimes God sends people like you, like me to be a voice, an audible voice of the voice that he is speaking right now, to, re, to rally and to reflect. Sometimes it's our hands that God wants to use to love and encourage and to lead someone. And as believers in Christ, if that's what we do, we continually seek God and seek for opportunities to show the love and the reflection of God. And I wanna, I wanna invite my wife to share a testimony of that. It's a testimony that speaks of our hearts, if you feel far from God, I want you to know that God loves you, but then also it's a testimony of when God finds us, what does he save us not only from, but what does he save us for? Bear with me. I am not a great speaker as my husband, and I'm already emotional, so bear with me. Um, before I get into my testimony, I do want to share really quickly just to give you guys an idea of who I was when I was growing up. I wasn't born and raised in the church. I came to know Jesus at 14 at a Billy Graham crusade here in Tampa. Um, I was always a pretty good teenager, never, you know, of course, I was a teenage girl, so drama came with me. I was very dramatic, drama queen, for sure, but I was always pretty good. I never gave my parents too much of a headache, except for one time when I changed an A, an F to an A on my math report card. Don't do that, boys. Don't do, kids, don't do that. I got caught and I got grounded for a very long time, but outside of those stupid mistakes, I was a pretty good kid. Um... My senior year of high school, four months, uh, four months before my senior year ended, I met a guy. We started dating. The relationship was going well for the first few months. Um, then something shifted. Very, very, that relationship became very, very dark, very, very toxic. He abused me in every sense of the word. Um, I lost who I was in that relationship. For those of you that know me know how close my mom and I are. And in those times, me and my mom fought. Like it was nobody's business. We couldn't stand to see each other. 
So much so that I didn't want to be home. I had always found an excuse to leave the house, leave the house. Didn't care where I was going. I just didn't want to be home because I knew at home my mom, my mom could see through me. You know, if you're a mom, you know that you can see through your kids when they're hurting, when they're not who they really are, when they're hiding something. And I knew my mom could see through it. So I would go find any way to just escape that. And um, into this relationship, after I broke up, some situations happened where I, I ended up leaving that relationship, but it left me broken. That relationship left me broken because I lost who I was throughout that relationship. I became someone that I wasn't. Um, I became, you know, I would drink myself to sleep at night, crying in bed. Um, I got into the party scene. I would be in Ebor all hours of the night. I was working in the clubs as a shot girl. My parents didn't know that they, that was a secret. And um, hmm. one night leaving my shift, it was like three something in the morning and I'm walking down 7th Avenue to my car. And um, I don't know if you guys ever been to Ebor, but in Ebor they have street preachers where you know they're they're there and they're they're being a light in a dark place. You know they're preaching the word of God, they're holding signs saying repent, Jesus loves you. And I remember walking down the street, I had my my outfit on and I had a jacket over it and I'm just feeling shame. I mean, guys, when I tell you I was feeling shame, I mean depression came over me during this time. I contemplated suicide so many times. So this happened in one of the darkest times of my life where I'm walking down to, you know, Ebor and I see this gentleman straight ahead and I can see he's reading his Bible, not out loud, he's just head down. And in that moment, the shame just overcame me and I just felt like something told me, don't look at him, don't make eye contact, just keep your head down, like that shame. I, it was honestly the enemy wanting to keep me shackled in my sin, wanted to keep me in that darkness. And when I tell you as I'm walking and getting closer to him, a hand, there was no one near me, I was by myself, a hand literally lifted my chin. And I saw him and he said, Jesus still loves you. And I fell to my knees that moment and just sobbed like a baby. And then at that moment, women came and started praying for me. And I went home that night and emptied all my bottles and it took time. But God saw me because there was times that I would pray, Lord, where are you? Like, I, how can you abandon me? And it came to a place to know that I, God didn't abandon me. I walked away. But he was always there. He always saw me because in the path that I was going, so much more could have happened and should have happened to me. But he protected me. He protected me and he was there. And I'm standing here today, a testimony to God's love despite my past that my past and my sin doesn't disqualify me from standing right here in front of you today telling you that Jesus loves you. No matter what you've gone through, no matter what you're facing right now, he knows you and he sees you. So, yeah. God bless you guys. That is what David is saying. When he says, oh, surely the darkness will hide me now. Surely this dark place, this dark moment, surely God doesn't care because I don't care. Nope. In the middle of 7th Avenue at th where there was no light at 3-something in the morning, Alicia realized that the light and the dark are the same. God saw it all and never gave up on her. And God did the same thing with me. No matter how much we walk away, he's still there. He is never far from where you are. So if you're watching, and I told you a minute ago, tell Jesus to save you. 
And you put that off because you're making excuses. No, no, no way, not me. No, yeah, you. Every one of us, you. And there's some Christians here who probably feel guilty, who feel like, yo, I'm just, I'm not following Christ at a way that he deserves. And you're in a dark place. God is saying, nothing is too dark. Nothing is too deep. You are not out, you're never out of range of my love. I still love you. And so when you feel down, and when your circumstances feel dark, you're going to see his hand hold you and his hand lead you like it did Alicia. And all you have to do is listen, because right now I don't see you. I'm looking down at the floor. I, I, I don't know how many people are here right now, whether you can all leave. And I don't know if this is an empty room or not, because I'm just looking at the floor. But if we look up, we'll see there's God with his open arms saying, come on, yeah, I'll fix it. I'll make it better. I'll forgive you. I still love you. So guys, remember that. That's our one, we're going to do something in a minute, but the one bottom line is that, man. It doesn't matter our circumstances. It doesn't matter what's going on in the world. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And at all moments, we need to constantly look up, constantly look up and see that we can never go out of range of God's reach. The problem is not God's proximity. It's our perspective. All we have to do is look up and grab a hold of the hand that's extended to you right now. Yo, God is all present. He is in all places at all times. And that should not be, again, something that we should be afraid of. That should lead us to be appreciative, excited, because God is in all places, and so he can lead us away, lead us into a better choice, into a better path, because he is all-knowing and all-present. He knows where we are, and he knows how to get us out. He knows how to lead us, and that's what a revolutionary is all about. Listen, it's again, grinding, grounding, excuse me, grounding yourself, revolving your entire life on God, knowing that my God is present in my time of need. He is here to help, but I want to challenge you. Don't just focus on God being present and kind of like as a break glass in case of emergency kind of God, like he's there for you whenever you, you know, whenever you need him, he's there. No, pursue God just because you want to, not because you need to, man, because when you cross over that level, when you cross that line right there, knowing that my God is right here and I, well, first off, the more you want to be with God, the more you realize I need him all the time. So let's just kind of be there. We need him all the time. But I want to challenge you, man. Just God is there. Enjoy him. Lean in on him. Continue to press in, man. He's right there. He wants you to know him. He is closer than you can ever imagine. He's reaching out to you. So I want to challenge you to keep reaching out to him. So until then, guys, we're going to leave you. And next week, we're going to come back and focus on God all-powerful.